Well, today we are starting a brand new collection of messages entitled Supernatural. There is more than what you see. Supernatural. There is more than what you see. When I was a young boy, I first learned that the devil was not a little character with pointed ears, a pitchfork, and a red cape. Uh, Much of my upbringing, that's kind of how I imagined what the devil was and what he looked like. But I learned that he was a spirit. And that kind of kind of messed with me a little bit as a kid. Because, uh, you know, as little kids, you, you have a tendency to let your imagination go. And I was like, he's a spirit. That means he's more places than one. Like, hold on. Wait, is, is he here? I can't see him, you mean? It's like all of a sudden, like all of the little kid, like wonderings and questions started to, to bubble up. And, and you start to think about certain things uh, because you couldn't see it and you weren't worried. And there's a lot of misconceptions that people have about the devil. There's a lot of people who don't believe that he's real. There's a lot of people that think uh, angels are those people who have died, who love Jesus, and they become an angel, and then they become our guardian angel because they're our parent, and we love them so dearly. Um, there are some people that um, think that that all the demonic and all of those kinds of things, that's not really real. Some people don't think hell is real. Some people are like, I think heaven is real, and I'm pretty sure I'm going there. Uh, and, and so there's a lot of conversation that could be had. And then, then you can take it to another dimension even and think about horoscopes and psychics and communicating with the dead and spirits and Casper the Friendly Ghost. And so we have all sorts of influences in our culture that are helping to formulate ideas, theologies, what we think about and what we believe to be true. And and wherever you would land in that spectrum, can I just encourage us with something? Number one, it's simply this. There is more going on than what you can see. There is more going on than what you see. There are unseen realities that we have a hard time in our human understanding and comprehension grasping. Not just in the spiritual sense of it. I mean, think about gravity. Gravity is one of those things that you can't really see. You see the effects of it, but you can't really see gravity. And unless you're a mathematician, it probably doesn't make a ton of sense other than the fact that you know that it works if you're on Earth. And once you get out of this stratosphere, then gravity all of a sudden doesn't work anymore. And we have anti-gravity environments outside of our uh, Earth and we're not right now. We've got gravity, but if you move outside, okay, it's all a little bit different. You can't fully understand. You can't fully see it. It is an unseen reality that affects your everyday life. Let me give you another example: a woman's intuition. <laughs> another thing that you can't really see, understand, grapple with, or understand, but it affects your life every day. The other day we were. It was actually this past week. I was home for lunch and my wife was making me uh, lunch and she brought over a sandwich and had some slices of green pepper, uh, bell pepper, which I, I like. And I had the thought in my mind, where's my crunchy stuff? I need some chips. Because you have to know something about me. Like salty chips, that's like my jam right there. Like y'all can have all the cookies you, I mean, give me sweets or give me salty. I'm taking salty every day. And I had to stop, man, where are my chips? It wasn't five minutes later, my wife walks over with a plate of something crunchy for me to snack on. I didn't say a thing. 
I didn't, I didn't tell her. I didn't like ESP it to her. I didn't text her. I don't know how she knew that I needed chips, but she knew that's some crazy voodoo stuff going on in that woman's brain. Woman's intuition is something I can't see. I don't understand. And most of the time I'm thankful for. There's other times that gets me into trouble. There are unseen realities in our world and sometimes we don't think twice about them. Many people don't realize that there is more going on than what we see. We think war and conflict and hatred and malice and division and bigotry and racism, that those are just, those are just human conditions. And you wouldn't be entirely wrong to think that it's a part of a human condition because a lot of those are human decisions. but they're also being influenced by something that you can't see. Why? Because there's more going on than what you can, than what you can see. Do I have any Star Wars fans in the room? Star Wars fans, hands up, hands up. Those are the people that you don't want to sit by right here. I just (laughs) wanted you to be able to identify the sci-fi geek. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. You can send emails to I don't care at faithchurchks.org. I think Star Wars, though, it as a, as a young boy growing up, it really did help me understand that there is something called the dark side. And I remember that one of the Star Wars movies that I saw, uh, one of the original three that weren't the first three, most confusing thing in the world, but the second set of three that were the first ones to come out... <laughs> And I remember seeing a picture of the evil emperor with his face all wrinkled and shriveled and nasty looking. I was like, that looks like the devil right there. That's it. That's got to be what the devil's got to look like. And while I'm not saying Star Wars is a biblical movie, I'm definitely not trying to build a theology around a movie, but it definitely gives us a clear understanding and you kind of get the picture that there is a good force and there are evil forces and you can't see it, but sometimes the force is strong (laughs) with some others. It's not seen, but there's there's something behind what is going on when it comes to supernatural topics. When it comes to miracles and heaven and hell and angels and demons and ghosts and witches and spells and healing and miracles, when it comes to supernatural topics, there normally are two types of people. You normally find two types of people that are the the easiest to spot. The first type of person is the skeptic. That's all a lie. It ain't real. I don't believe it. You can't prove it to me. I don't care how many movies are made, how many things are said. There's no way there's something spiritual beyond what I can see right now. And you are skeptical. You are educated. You've researched it. You don't believe in it. And you're not going to believe it. You're just a skeptic. And I get that. Because there's a lot of things that I've heard and I've seen and uh, other things that other people have talked about. I'm like, "Eh, I don't know if I'm going to buy all that. But then there's another side. This is the side of people that I call the spooky sensationalists. They're the demon behind. They get a flat tire on the way to work. The devil just put a hole. No, you drove over a nail. That was not a devil. That was a nail. Right? 
They're, they're the spooky sensationalists that are, that are super spiritual and super tingly and everything is a demon and everything is a spirit and everything is this and they're always reading their daily horoscope and they're always thinking that, that so-and-so is knit with them and they can sense the presence of the dead loved one that moved on and, and it's just a little weird, which makes all of us want to be more skeptical. I don't know where you would land. I don't know what your upbringing was. I don't know where you, you, you think about all the things. If I'm already blowing your mind, if you were like, number one, you heard this was a Pentecostal church and now we're talking about spooky things. You're just waiting for the snakes to show up. Listen, friends, if snakes show up, I'm the first one out the door and I can run faster than all y'all. Why do I run fast? Because I don't carry a gun. That's why I run fast. Wherever you would find yourself in this context, I want to help us with something. There is an unseen realm. There is an unseen realm. There is more going on than what you can see. If you're taking notes, I want you to to jot that down. In fact, the title of the message today is The Unseen. The Unseen. There is more going on than what you can see. There is an unseen realm. Now, normally I like to take one or two scriptures and really expound and dig into them and kind of tell a story. But today, and you will find through this series, I'm going to give you lots and lots of scripture. Because I want you to see that the things that I'm talking about, I'm not making up. This comes from God's word. There's truth in here. He helps us understand some things. And so I'm going to read and share lots and lots of scripture. So I hope you came ready to jot some things down, type some things out on your phone so that you can go back later and look at it and read it on your own and see that this is what it says. I'm going to be doing that all through. So I'm going to have fewer points and a lot more scripture. Sound good? Just wanted to let you know kind of what you're in for. There is an unseen realm. Now, our key scripture for this really entire series is found in Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, in starting in verse 10, the Apostle Paul is writing to a church in Ephesus. It's a pretty worldly, sensationalist, uh, many gods and spirits and things that work in that community. And they were highly, highly spiritual people, but they were really deceived people, this, the body, the people that lived in Ephesus. And he wrote to them in Ephesians chapter six, starting in verse 10, he says this, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Verse 11, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand, check this out, so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. The devil is a schemer. Whether you want to believe in him or not, and we're going to talk more about him and the way he works in in, in later weeks. But can I just tell you, there's more going on than what you see. And one of the reasons there's more going on is that there's an enemy of your soul. His name is the devil. He wants to steal from your life. He wants to kill you in your life. And he wants to bring utter destruction to your faith in every arena of your life. He is not your friend. And he has some schemes. 
We're going to talk about him later on, uh, but his schemes are the same. They, they haven't changed at all. He's got three big tricks that he uses. Lies, fear, and pride. Lies, fear, and pride. And he tells us to put on the full armor of God. And, I, and one maybe in this series we'll get into it, but I wish I had time even today to help you understand that every component of the armor that Paul lists helps you overcome lies, fear, and pride. Every piece is used to help you withstand the schemes of the devil. Verse 12 is really what I want to talk about. For our struggle, it's not against flesh and blood. The hatred, it's not the other person. The evil in our world, it's not another person that's evil. Your struggle is not against kids that won't get up in time to go to school. I mean, I know it looks like it's the kids that aren't getting up on time to get out the door for school. I know that's what it looks like that you've got a boss that is the devil incarnate in the flesh, but it's not, it's not, it's not flesh and blood. I know you think it's the employees that are just lazy, but it's not. The struggle is not flesh and blood. Check this out. But against rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world. Cue lightsaber sounds. That's all you're getting. Against the powers of this dark world and against, check it, the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. That's not in heaven, the place where God's abide, where it's perfect and it's awesome. There is a realm that is beyond our earth. There is a spiritual realm. There is an unseen realm. There is an unseen realm. And that word realm is really interesting because... That word realm references and refers to a scope of authority or a kingdom domain. Like a king would have a realm, his rulership would be in a realm. There are spirits both from God and from the enemy that are fighting for control in the realm that you can't see. Later, I think it's week three that we'll probably get into false spirits. There are several false spirits that try to gain dominion and control in any one realm. A realm could be your family, sphere of domain and authority. A realm could be your workplace. It could be a community. It could be a government structure. A realm could be your own body because you have authority in your own self. Anywhere there could be authority exerted, the enemy wants to get control of. There is more than what we see. Think about it. You can't see this other realm with your natural eye, but you can see it in the spirit. God does give us glimpses. The Lord is present in those realms. The Lord is there. It's, it's there. There are so much though, even in our normal world, in our earth right here that we can't see without aid or help. You can't see atoms and neurons and cells in your body until you get this special instrument to help you see. In the final week of the series, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit and the role that the Holy Spirit has in our lives to help us see beyond what we think we see. 
to help us see beyond, to help us interact, to help us walk in the authority that God gave us in this world. We're going to talk a little bit about that in the final week. But there is so much that we can't see with our naked eye. Do you remember the, those of you that are uh, real familiar with scripture, you might remember a story by, by a man uh, in the Bible named Job. You guys ever heard the story of Job? Well, Job was a righteous man. He was a godly man. He had a lot of things in his life. And uh, the enemy uh, and God had a meeting. Satan and God had a meeting in the heavenly realms, in, in the unseen realm. They had a conversation. Satan didn't get to go to heaven and talk to God on his throne. No, there was a, there's a realm where that conversation took place. There is more than what you can see. There is an unseen realm. And Paul's writing and saying, hey, there are authorities, there are spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. Why? Because there is an unseen realm. Ephesians chapter two, verse one and two says this, as for you, being you believers, you were once dead in your transgression and sin. In other words, sin used to have control over you. You were dominated by a sinful way of thinking in life. You were dead in your transgressions and your sin in which you used to live when you followed, check this out, when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air. One version says the prince of the powers of the air. The airways that you can't see but are affected by. Sound waves that you interact with all the time that are part of your life, but you can't see with your naked eye. Why? Because there's something unseen about it. It's an unseen realm. There is a spirit realm. And Paul was writing to the church and he's saying, listen, you used to be controlled by sin in your own life. And it wasn't just your own evil desires. There was an intentional reason why you were dealing and struggling and addicted and couldn't get out. Because you were succumbed and following to the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. And he's saying the people who have not yet submitted their life to Jesus, they're essentially living their life for the enemy, the prince of the air. Why? Why why the air? Why, Why did he use that term? Why? Because... There is an unseen realm. There really is. Here's the second thing that I want us to to kind of grab a hold of and understand as we launch into this series. Here's the second thing, and that's this, that not only is there an unseen realm, there are unseen forces at work in those realms. There are unseen forces that work in those dimensions that we can't see, that we can't grab a hold of, that we can't walk into right now. There there are unseen forces in these realms. All through Scripture, all through Scripture, you'll see phrases like, the angel armies of the Lord. Or, there was a heavenly host that appeared. In other words, those heavenly hosts existed invisible to our human eye. But when they wanted to talk to the shepherds that Jesus was born, the Bible says there appeared in the sky a host 
of angels. There were heavenly hosts that all of a sudden could now be seen in our world through the she- by the shepherds, right? You guys remember the, the story, the Christmas story? Right, they, they were there. And the angels just, they showed up. Where did they come from? Where, did, did, did the shepherds get a hold of some Colorado grass? And all of a sudden, they were feeling real good. Needed some Cheetos, but they were good. Or what was unseen became seen for a moment. There are unseen forces. In Daniel chapter 10, the Bible tells us a story about Daniel was an amazing man of God. He prayed. He lived in a, in a God-forsaken country, in a place of Babylon where there was no room for the God of the Bible. But he would pray diligently three times a day, all the time. And one particular occasion in Daniel chapter 10, he was praying and uh, then an angel Gabriel shows up and he says, hey, listen, I know it's been a few days since you started to pray for this. But the minute you prayed, God sent me from the heavenlies down to you with the answer. But I got caught up in the unseen realm because the enemy came to uh, buffet me. In other words, the enemy came to attack me and keep me from bringing you the answer that you needed. I know you've been praying for something for a really long time, Daniel. But God heard your, heard your prayer the first time you prayed it. Because sometimes the first time you pray, the answer doesn't show up. Sometimes it takes a little bit of time where you're praying and you're praying and you're praying and the answer's not showing up. The breakthrough isn't happening. The addiction is still there. There's other things that are going on. You're, you're asking God for this and wisdom and it's not coming in because there is something that you can't see. And in the Bible says in Daniel 10 that Gabriel was telling Daniel, listen, I was there. I was coming against all of these evil forces until Michael, the archangel showed up with the forces from heaven and showed up and kicked some demon tail, made a clear path. And then I was able to escape and get through to you here in this moment. Why? Because your prayers don't just stay in the earth. They travel from the earth to the throne of heaven. And in between the throne of heaven and earth, there is an unseen realm. And there are forces at play in those realms that are keeping you from seeing and receiving what you're praying for. That's not the only time that that shows up in Scripture. In 2 Kings chapter 6, Elisha was hunkered down in a place, he and his servant, they were there, and he had made some pretty bold statements, and uh, there was an army, physical army, coming to totally annihilate him. you got to go check the story out. I'm telling you, it's, it's such a crazy story. Second Kings chapter six and Elisha walks out and he sees all of these chariots and horsemen on the hilltops surrounding where he's at. I mean, way out in them. I mean, it's him and a servant and armies everywhere as you can see surrounding them. Scripture says surrounding them. And I can imagine Elisha just kind of smiling and be like, cool. I'm going to Conor McGregor, this guy right here about to go down. And he's standing there, they're surrounded, and the servant is freaking out. 
Oh my gosh, Elijah, do you see all those people? Elisha, they're going to kill us. They're going to get us now. Do you see how big they are? They've got so many men and guns. And oh my gosh, it's so big. What are we going to do? We're dead. This is it. This is the end. I need to write my wife, dear wife. Like, like here's the end. I died next to Elisha. The armies killed us. Right? Like finding the pigeon to send it off because he couldn't just tweet it out yet. It was just a mess. And he was freaking out because of what he could see. And Elisha just calmly smiles and says, Oh Lord, I pray you would open his eyes to see that those who are for us are more than those who are now against us. And the Bible says that the servant's eyes were opened and behind the armies were more armies. Armies of God that had showed up from the heavenly realms and he could see into them. They couldn't, the armies couldn't see the people behind them, but Elisha could see the people. And now the servant could see the people. Why? Because there may be unseen forces attacking you, but God has his forces that work on your behalf too. They, there is an unseen realm, it's true. Whether you're skeptical or a spooky sensationalist, you just gotta know there's an unseen realm. And not only in that unseen realm, it is the unseen forces that are trying to operate in that unseen realm. Jesus encountered this in his life. And that's where we go to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, there's a, a really neat story that starts in verse 35 of Mark chapter, Mark chapter 4. It says this, The day, that day, when evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, hey, let's go over to the other side of the lake. Let's go over the other side. They left the crowd. They took him along just as he was and in, and in the boat. In other words, Jesus got into the boat and they went together. There were also other boats with them. Thought that was an interesting thing. Verse 37, a furious squall came up. I mean, it's a stinking big storm. Uh, I mean, no dry pants on board. Kind of a storm. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat. So now they're starting to take water on so that it was nearly swamped. Scripture. In other words, they were about to drown in the boat. I love this. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. They were tripping out that this storm was going to kill him, and Jesus was napping. He was having a little siesta. He was a little tired from all the ministry that he had done. He was asleep. And I wish I had time to talk to you about how Jesus can be asleep, and he can give you that kind of rest that no matter what the storm comes, if he told you you're going to the other side, and Jesus is in your boat, you better believe you be going to the other side. I ain't got time to get all preachy on you today. I'm trying to help you understand that there's some unseen things going on, but I wish I had time to preach for a little bit. Oh, because if Jesus says you're going to the other side, you can bet your bottom dollar, take it to the bank, it's side sealed, delivered, and you're going to get there. It doesn't matter the storm that you're facing because faith, when it has a word, knows how to rest. Ooh, that sounds like a good message. Somebody ought to preach a message about faith needs to rest. Oh, wait, I did last Sunday. Go online, faithchurchks.org. You can listen to it. He was asleep in the boat and the disciples came and woke him. 
I wish I had time to tell you how Jesus is already woke. Jesus is woke. You don't need to woke him. He already woke. If you don't know what I'm saying by Jesus be woke, ask somebody who looks under the age of 25. They can tell you what being woke means. Jesus, they woke him up. And then it was amazing. They woke him up and and they were like, Jesus, don't you care anything about us? We're going to die and you're taking a nap. I've been praying. I got these bills and they piling up. Jesus, don't you care if I get foreclosed on? Jesus, don't you care? Why are you sleeping, Jesus? Jesus, why don't... And they just assume that Jesus didn't care. Because the enemy's tactics haven't changed one bit. I mean, did God really say that you're going to die if you eat this fruit? I mean, did God really say, is that really what that's about? I mean, is that really what, God doesn't really care about you and your marriage? That's on you. I mean, you're just, you're off on your own. God didn't care. Because sometimes we misinterpret God's silence for his absence. Just because he's silent and he's at rest knowing what he's promised you doesn't mean he's absent from you. And Jesus got up, verse 39, he rebuked the wind and he said to the waves, quiet, you be still. And he said it with authority because he had all authority of that which is seen and that which is unseen. Why did Jesus rebuke the wind? It's not like he could see it. Because there are some things that happen in your life that are creating lots of waves that it's not the waves that you need to be talking to. You need to be talking to the wind that's making the waves in your life and speak the authority that Jesus gives to you to be silent. Hey, when I tell you to knock it off. And then the actual circumstance begins to settle down. Some of you are are trying to placate to the symptom and you need to deal with what's behind it. Why? Because there are unseen forces trying to wreck your destiny, to derail the plans that God has for you, to take you out. And it, it's not flesh and blood. It's principalities and powers and rulers of the dark age, spiritual wickedness in high places. That's what Paul said. That's what Jesus demonstrated. Waves and the wind I wonder if there might be some people in this room who are experiencing a lot of waves and the waves are big and the waves are surrounding you and you don't know what you're going to do with the waves. But I'm here to tell you that the waves aren't really the problem. The problem is the wind behind the waves and Jesus is greater than your waves. And Jesus has power over the wind. If you're taking notes, I want you to write it down. Here's the third thought today. It's our last one. God is greater. He's the king of all kings. He's the Lord of all lords. There might be some dominion where there are some people that have ownership and some demonic activity and some wicked forces that have some rulership because 
We'll get into it next week and in the weeks to come because they don't have any authority except for that which we surrender to them because if we're bought by the blood, if we're walking in Jesus, you said all authority is given to me, I give it to you. You can go, you can cast out demons, you can drive things out, you can push back the waves and the wind. You have all authority in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Jesus said all those things are ours and theirs. We'll get into it later. I just got to tell you, you need to know God is greater. God is greater. Philippians 2, 9 and 10 says, Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. And at that name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth, check it, and under the earth. Because there's unseen realms and there are forces in these unseen realms, but God is greater. But God is greater. First John 4, verse 4 says, You, dear children, are from God, and you have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. God is greater, and God, the greater one, lives inside of you which means whatever unseen things are wreaking havoc in your life, you got the power. (laughs) Why? Because greater is he who lives in you than the things, the waves and the wind that's in this world. Than the hatred and the bigotry and the division and the failure and the temptation and the bondage and the addiction that is in your world, God is greater than the fighting and the constant strife and the inability to communicate with your spouse, God's greater. And it's not flesh and blood that you're warring against. There's something behind it manifesting in a way that you can see that you get frustrated and you get upset and you get off your game and you forget that God is greater and that God lives in you. So so how do we live in this world? There's so many unseen things. Some of you are so unsettled. You're like, oh my gosh, I never thought about all the unseen things. Like, I I don't know about all this. How do we live? I just, should we live in fear? No. Should we live in denial? That ain't real. It's not really happening. It's not out there. No big deal. That's all old. That's just Bible story stuff to help us know that God is bigger. That's not really what's going on. Do we live in denial? Nope. Do we blame the devil for every bad thing that happens in our life? Nope. Because you make dumb decisions. And you got to deal with the dumb consequences. It ain't the devil. He doesn't live inside your MasterCard. You swiped it. He wasn't the one that made you get into debt. That was your choice. Jesus. No, we don't hide. We don't cower in fear. We don't walk in denial. We don't walk super spooky sensationalist. No, no, no. We do not cower in fear, but we stand strong in the power of God that lives on the inside of us. Ephesians 2, 6, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us in heavenly realms. Come on. 
in Jesus Christ. If you've submitted and surrendered your life to Jesus, you have your spirit seated with Christ. So when God looks at Christ, he sees you. When the enemy sees you, he sees the authority of Christ because you and Christ have been united in faith. Ephesians 3 verse 10, his intent, God's intent was that now through the church, oh man, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known. The full multifaceted wisdom, power, and strength of God should be made known to who? To the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. Second Corinthians 10, four and five, the weapons we fight with They ain't carnal. They ain't worldly weapons. No, on the contrary. They have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments in every pretentious thought that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and we make it obedient to Christ. Why? Because God is greater and the greater one lives in us. John 16, 33, I've told you these things, not so you freak out, not so that you live in fear, not so that you're assuming there's a demon behind every bad decision. I didn't tell you these things so that you worry, so you fret, so you blame the devil for stuff. No, I told you these things so that you can have peace. In this world, you're going to have trouble. In this world, there are going to be a lot of waves that come crashing, trying to knock you off course. But don't worry about the waves because the greater one lives in you and he doesn't have to even deal with the waves because he knows how to deal with the wind that's creating the waves. So take heart, he says. I have overcome the world. What world? the world that you can see and the world that you can't see. God is greater. There's an unseen realm. There are unseen forces being active in those realms. And God is greater than it all. Would you stand with me? I want to pray for you today. While you're standing there, I want to tell you one, one, one short story. When we were in Bible school, we did something that I wouldn't recommend ever doing, and I don't really care to ever do it again. We did these things called faith walks. It's weird. I agree. And they would blindfold us and put us in vans and break us up into groups of like four and five, give us wooden crosses, and they would drive us to places semi within walking distance. We have no idea where we were left. We get there, we get out of the van, they take the blindfolds off and the whole exercise was to walk in faith. Pray, ask God what you should do, which direction you should go. We were challenged to pray for everything. It was a pretty incredible, crazy experience. When you're college kids and you got nothing to lose, it makes a little more sense. They took some safety precautions and there were some things that we had in place to help us. But by and large, we were totally walking in faith. And then the van drove off. We had two days to get back home to Tulsa. No idea where we were at. On one such occurrence, I did it twice. I don't know. I just did. 
I went back for more the second year. And I had a group of girls that were walking with me and we came across this one town. And it was at night. And it wasn't through the whole town, but it was a section of the town. And the minute we stepped across the street into this one block, all of my spiritual spidey senses went crazy. And there was something in the air. I didn't know what. Particularly, I didn't know what. But there was something. And as we walked, we just began to pray. And we didn't sissy our prayers. We didn't, like, God, just protect us. And we didn't start asking for things. We started declaring some things. We started, hey, wind, be quiet, kind of prayers. We didn't know what was going on, but we knew this. God was greater. And there was something in the air that was controlling and it wasn't godly in that space. And we started praying for the people. We started praying for freedom. We started declaring that God would bring his kingdom in that place. And everywhere we set our foot, we declared that that was property of God's because we were there. And we started using the weapons of our warfare. And peace began to fill our hearts. And as the more we walked the more peace we had. Why? Because darkness can exist where light is. Jesus is the light of the world. He lives in you and he lives in me. And everywhere you go, you've got the greater power on the inside of you. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for your people. Lord, today is we've got our minds going and we're trying to figure things out. Lord, we're, we're hearing things. We're discovering things. We're seeing the truth of your word. God, I pray that you would open our eyes so that we can see what your word is telling us. God, we don't want to live with our heads buried in the sand, skeptical. And Lord, we're, we really don't want to be crazy. And we know that's not where you want us to be on either side. But Lord, we want to be steadfast and strong and standing in your mighty power. Knowing God that you are greater So, Father, as we embark on this exploration journey to discover what your word says about these supernatural things, I pray, Lord, that your spirit would enlighten us, give us eyes to see truth, give us the courage to believe it, and the faith to stand on it. May we stand strong this week. Whatever waves are crashing, may we declare in faith like Jesus did, peace, be still. And we thank you that we have the victory for it. In Jesus' name, come on. And everybody said, amen. Let's thank the Lord.